And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Today I have uh, through Zoom uh, on Grow on the Go a good friend of mine, Shirley Thiessen. We've we go back a long way together, don't we, Shirley? Mm, yes, like our daughters um, are your youngest. My only daughter being in the nursery at church. That's right. And way back in the day, we both have evolved in our. It, careers over the years, but you were a hairdresser and you had a salon in your basement. And it was just perfect for me because I could bring my kids and my kids would play with your kids while you cut my hair. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, I was caught off guard by something you said just before we hit record. And that was that you would have just died as a kid if you thought you'd ever be doing public speaking. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like in school presentations, you know, when you had to go in front of the class and share something that you'd written about and it would be like, oh, I'd be sweating. My knees are knocking. I'd, I'd pray that I'd be sick. I'd actually, you know, maybe the teacher would send me home and I would be able <laughs> to miss this part. And so to even be talking with you on a podcast would would have been my a nightmare for me. <laughs> but, but I, we are. I would never have known that because I've seen you on camera. I've seen you speak live. Um, you've done a lot of media and you are so articulate. I never would have thought that was a fear for you. Mm, well, isn't it amazing what God can do? <laughs> Is it still scary? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely the fear, but I think... Um, one thing for me is I've developed like this holy discontent towards feeling like there are some things that need to be shared. And if we don't share them, then they will be unknown or lost or won't be able to help others. And so I think my fear has been eclipsed by something that God has really yeah. burdened me with. Yeah, I, I love um, Red Moon's um description of courage. He says, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the conviction that some things are more important than our fear. Mm, yes. And yes. I think that's, uh, that's what you're saying. Well, so tell me, what is it in your life that was important enough to you to get over your fear? Well, back in 2012, October, my son, Jordan, uh, who had just been married for 12 days, who wow. was killed in a workplace accident and grief just ambushed me. I was so ill prepared. Not that you ever are prepared, but I realized that there was so much about the physical, emotional, relational, spiritual aspects of grief that I was completely naive to. And I was like, it's not okay that you can have a high school diploma or a university degree and not understand grief or coping skills for grief. And so that really started me on a journey of saying, why was it that I was so ill-informed? And then I'd ask other people and, and I would learn that a whole bunch of people are also feeling so uh, um, ill-informed about grief. And it's, it's really because we don't talk about it. It's often the last thing we talk about, even though 
the statistics don't lie, one out of one people die. And so yeah. therefore, you know, those of us who love will also grieve. It's yeah. a natural human experience. I think people just don't want to think about death at all, even though we would be so much we would cope so much better with it when it inevitably comes if we would put some thought into it. Absolutely. I don't know. Have you never had a hot date to the uh, funeral home to make your, your final arrangements? Actually, my husband took me on a date. Um, yes. to uh... <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. My husband and I talk about it, but we've never done it. <laughs> We actually went to a crematorium that uh, was opening up and they were having like a tour and appetizers and, you know, try to demystify things about grief. And so, yeah, I even had a look at the urns, you know, for the crematorium. And I go, you know, I'd, I'd like that one. And we've talked about things like that uh, because, yeah, it's, it's inevitable. And because I was not prepared for my son's funeral or my son, I didn't even, we never had that conversation. I had told him what I wanted at my funeral and he would laugh at me and say, Oh mom, we'll just do whatever we want. You'll be gone. <laughs> but I had never asked him of course, because losing a child is out of order. And um, so the weight of preparing things uh, as simple as a funeral was so emotionally draining that I think it's actually a gift to have your preferences known to your family members. I agree. I you know, I, um, I, I mean, I had time to prepare for both my dad and my sister's death, which happened within 18 months of each other. And I do remember arriving at the church to make some um, funeral arrangements for my dad and just being a basket case, just being... Mm. And part of that was emotional exhaustion because we helped to take care of him. And, but yeah, just being so emotional and so overwhelming and so hard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, the other part to your question about what would make me even lean into grief and, and grief education is I had some amazing friends who came alongside us in ways that blew my mind. Um, it was much more than just uh, coming to the funeral, sharing a sympathy card and maybe baking some muffins and leaving them with us. It was listening. It was acknowledging our loss. It was praying with us and for us and being patiently present. And it was those things that I thought, oh my goodness, no one would have ever considered me a compassionate friend in their loss because I didn't. I didn't know these things that I'm the beneficiary of. And mm. why didn't I know that? Well, probably most of the people who did things that were so meaningful were people who had been there. Is that true? Donna, no, Donna, that's the, that's the crazy part. Wow. Is, well, some of them were, obviously, they, they had been through. But I would say the ones who were had the strongest ability to continue with us were not exposed to grief. Um, yes, grandparents, but not someone in their life every day. Right. And so that makes me think that like, this is, this is skills that we can all have. In fact, as Christ followers, we are called to love God and love others. And so I think, what are the practical things that we can do as we companion with those who are grieving? And they're, they're really 
simple. It's not rocket science. But I think when we know some specific things that we can do that are impactful, it gives us more confidence um, because most of us would rather avoid our grieving friends. Um, I used to think that grief is actually a private matter. It's best dealt with alone or with God. And and after the funeral, I have no longer any obligation uh, mm. to really come alongside. And that is so wrong. But no one ever corrected me on that, that huh. thinking. And so that's part of why I do speak um, at any opportunity that I get is to help embolden people to share empathy and compassion with a brokenhearted around us. And honestly, everyone is grieving some kind of loss. So you have taken these things that you've learned through your own very painful journey, and you created the Hope Heroes course. Would you tell us a little bit about that, please? Sure. Well, first of all, a Hope Hero, let's just define that. That is an ordinary person like you and I, who bravely puts aside our own discomfort with grief and comes alongside a grieving friend. And the action steps they take are listen, acknowledge, pray, and patiently be present. And I have known children to be hope heroes. So there is no um, limitation on age or, you know, capacity or even understanding of personal grief. These are things that we can all learn and apply. You know, the thing that I had, the excuse I used as a teenager, um, and I've heard many people use is, I didn't know what to do. So I just didn't do anything. And so you're, you're taking away that excuse from us. And I, I love that. Well, I think for two reasons, one is as a Christ follower, we don't, we don't get to opt out of empathy and compassion. That's not just, and honestly, the younger me used to think, you know what? Empathy is just not really my strong suit. Like <laughs> I know other people who just do it so well. And so I'm just going to leave it to them um, and because they're equipped. And I would uh, maybe excuse myself, which was not at all appropriate. And just like muscles, right? Um, I know you work out. I try to. And so those muscles that we're using, they won't fall into atrophy because we're using them. And so the more we use them, the more even confident and stronger we can get in those skills. But the other thing is um, I've learned that avoidance actually is interpreted by the griever as indifference. Wow. And indifference is more wounding than hate. Mm. And so for that reason alone, I think we should all lean into being a hope hero. And so this course is just simply... um, about two hours of content organized into five easy to digest videos where I'm sharing from my own stories and stories of others that I know, how do we practically listen, acknowledge, pray, and patiently be present? That sounds fabulous. I'm, I'm excited. So when, when will the course be ready? Uh, probably uh, just a week after this is Um, Well, we're recording about a week after this is recorded. So very shortly. And uh, yeah, it's open for anyone, for children, for families, for a small group study, for an individual just taking it all on their own. Okay. And how do people find this? I'll put a link um, with the description of this podcast on Faith Strong Today. But um, for people who are listening on the radio or um, 
you know, another yeah. way, how will they find you? Shirleythiessen.com. That's okay. my website. And that is where it will be uploaded to you. No, lucky you, you got .com. I had to go with O-R-G because Donna Carter.com was already taken. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so um, there are handouts with the course that can be downloaded, right? Right, because, I mean, I know for myself that uh, when I'm um, listening, I want it's so much easier if I have notes prepared for me instead of having to take notes. And so I wanted to provide some highlights for people to take away. And particularly if you're grieving and you're watching this, this course, it's, it's so hard to even concentrate. So I just want to make it as easy as possible, but it's for, just to be clear, it is to help ease the burden of loss for the griever. And it's also to equip, their family and friends, coworkers to be carrying grief companions. So it so, might even be a great idea to watch the course with um, someone who is grieving and that would spark all kinds of positive conversations. I think so. I think so. And I'm so delighted to actually share your story, Donna, in, um, in the module about listen and the story about your friend who, who was so caring to invite you over and just invite you to talk about your dad. Like I cannot stop thinking about that story because it made such an impression on me. Mm, yeah, it, w- it was a wonderful thing. And it's, it's sad that, you know, you're including me in your course about listening and it wasn't me doing the listening, <laughs> which, you know, shouldn't really shock anyone who knows me, but um, yeah, my friend just asked me, um, she had actually just come back from Europe. And so I said, oh, tell me all about your trip. And she said, no, no, that's not the purpose of, of today. I wanted to invite you here today to tell me about your dad. I didn't know him. I wasn't able to come to the funeral. And I just I just want to know all about your dad. And oh, what a gift. it was, it gave me this chance to brag about my dad and to, to talk about what a ginormous figure he was in my life. I'm actually sitting here in my studio looking at a picture of my dad. Um, just such a, an incredible gift to be able to just brag on my dad. Mm. Well, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Donna, but I found out and I don't even know how I found out, but I'm actually related to your dad on both sides of his family, both on his mom's side and his dad's side. Oh my goodness. So you've got Penners and Lowens, have you? Yes. yes, (laughs) So yeah, I can't wait to get to heaven and and discuss that with your dad. Um, That's awesome. Well, so um, we've talked about who a hope hero is. Maybe this would be a good time. You had mentioned that even children can be hope heroes. Um, My little niece, was a hope hero in your life. Do you want to tell that story? Sure. It's actually my my great niece. niece. Yes. 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 So I was invited to uh, Glenmore Christian Academy, which is um, a Christian school that my kids attended years back. And one of the teachers uh, uh, actually is a friend of my daughter's and he, um, he has grade fours do Christian education. And so he invited me to speak to this audience of 100 grade four students. And you talk about intimidating oh, um, no audience. Because if they're not tracking with you, they don't try to hide that. Right. <laughs> right. 
but they were so great. So I've actually been invited several times, but this on this particular occasion, um, they were supposed to run out of the room after I was finished my little presentation on how they could be a hope hero for each other. And uh, a number of students hung back. They, they were given permission if they wanted to just ask me questions or, or talk a little bit further, they could. And so probably a group of about 12 students hung back. And uh, I was sitting on this little low chair and they all were kind of circled around me. And your niece, uh, and I didn't know it was your niece at the time, or in that moment, but she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, can we pray for you? Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, I started to get choked up. And I was like, absolutely. And so these students just um, encircled me and they, she prayed for me, like with such honesty like lord would you please help mrs t to continue to trust you with her grief she misses jordan so much would you help her to always be courageous to share her story and like things like that that you go oh my goodness and i i just remember thinking i wish i could take a picture of this there will be a picture in my mind forever but because i peaked but it was, <laughs> it was so precious and then I said to her, honey, what is your name? And she said, Campbell. And I said, oh my goodness, I know your grandma. She mm. was a special friend. And I, and so then her eyes got all big and they were both crying. And then, yeah. And so just be able to see that this, a little nine-year-old, she was nine at the time, would take the initiative, right? to simply not just say like, I'm so sorry for your loss, although that is so impactful, but to say, you know what, this is too big for me. I don't know grief and I, but I know someone who can bring comfort to your heart today. And I'm going to ask him, I'm going to talk to him right now. And I'm going to ask him to just comfort you and make you bold as you share the hope of Jesus. Wow. That's beautiful. What were some of the other really important moments for you, people who stepped up and were hope heroes and did something particularly meaningful? Oh, there were so many. But, you know, one thing, um, I have a daughter, Chantel, who was 20 at the time that Jordan died. And when people came alongside her and did acts of kindness for her, that just blessed my heart so much because often the siblings are kind of forgotten. Um, Jordan's wife, obviously, you know, would have been um, someone that people came around and that they, and so they should, that was awesome. And, and us as parents, we got a lot of that attention, but Chantel was kind of left on the sideline. And so when I had a girlfriend who actually took Chantel out for coffee and just said, what does your grief look like? Or, you know, bought her something that she really liked or um, sent her a gift card or just any of those, those acts of kindness for my child were so very helpful because I was, well, I mean, we're all grieving and I don't know that I could really be there for her in the way that she needed. But having someone else come alongside and say, you know, just tell me about your loss. How, how can I help? Or here's a gift. That was 
amazing. Well, I think it must just make you feel like you're not alone, right? Mm, That people are still thinking about you. They know you're in pain and they care. Absolutely. Yeah. When people even would share a memory of Jordan, like I remember this one lady was saying, you know, I didn't know Jordan, but I remember seeing him in church with you. And I always will remember his mega white, mega white smile, or the fact that he looks so much like his dad, like it was unmistakable, like little things like that are just so heartwarming. And you think, thank you for remembering him with me. Mm. Because I think that, at least for me, the greatest fear is that he will be forgotten. And so anytime a friend or acquaintance just chooses to remember something about him with me, that is just precious. What would you say to people who don't want to bring up your loved one to you because it might make you sad? You know, I used to think that I think I used to think that, oh, you know what? They're smiling. So probably not, today's not a good day to even mention their loved one's name because, you know, look at they're, they're, they're they look good. But you know what? That loved one is always top of mind. Always. Yes. They never will. You never forget them. And so I would just um, encourage people to err on the side of speaking their name. And even if it brings tears, don't. Don't say, oh, I'm so sorry I made you cry, because that's actually diminishing those tears. Those tears are just evidence of the love that's in the heart. That's right. And so don't be put off by tears, but say, you know what, I I was just thinking about, you know, your son or your dad today. And man, I just imagine that you miss him so much. And I just want you to know that I care. Hmm. You don't really have to say much more than that. And if they want to even giving them permission to talk about them, like asking an open-ended question. Like if when somebody asked me, like, what do you miss most about Jordan today? Oh, I love that question. Mm. And then if I, you know, if I didn't want to talk about it, well, then I might just have a simple question and or simple answer and then change the subject. But if, but most often that permission to talk about him is such a gift. Right. So what is the superpower of a hope hero? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we think we might default and say, you know, I that's just not my skill, empathy and compassion. But when as a Christ follower, we are uh, a conduit of Christ's love. So he is the one who actually gives us not only the knowledge to know what to say and how to say it, but the wisdom to know when and if it's appropriate. So lean into the Holy Spirit. And that's what a hope hero does. You know, pray about, Lord, give me an idea. Help me to know what to say. And it's amazing how he can do that. Hmm. You know, one of the most beautiful things that has been done for me in times when I've been suffering is to receive an email from someone that wasn't to me. It was to God. It was a prayer. Mm, The whole thing was a prayer. And in the subject line, you could just write, this is my prayer for you. And then just pray in the email to Jesus. And what a blessing that is to not only know someone is praying, but know what they're praying and know how deeply they um, empathize with you. 
Oh, totally. And then you can reread that anytime you're having a particularly difficult day, right? And you just know that, wow, this is exactly these the words that they're praying on my behalf. Mm-hmm. That is powerful. And sometimes when you are the person grieving, you can't even pray. You don't have the words. You just, I mean, I remember just wandering around the house just saying, oh God, that's, yeah. all, that's <laughs> all I could utter. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's so important to have people in your life who are praying on your behalf. I think um, not everyone does, but I certainly fell into a crisis of faith where I was like, God, I don't I don't know that you're trustworthy. I I can't believe this has you've allowed this to happen because I know you're sovereign. And so I know that nothing happens to me. That's with you know, that you're you're surprised about. But I, I, I'm not sure I can trust you. And so having friends who would intercede on my behalf mm. was so powerful. And honestly, I don't know that I would have moved through my grief in the way that I have if it hadn't been for praying friends. I love, Shirley, how you've leveraged your grief. And I've told you this before. I'm just so proud of the way you've turned the worst experience of your life into something that is helping so many people. Mm, thank you. Well, thank you for doing that. Well, I know there's a lot of people like the younger me who just, you know, feel a bit awkward and uncomfortable around how to come alongside. And I just want to help them think about ways, very practical ways they can do that. And what an impact. Like, I cannot even tell you how many people out there need a hope hero in their life. Mm. And it's... um simple acts of empathy and compassion that make a world of difference. So we've only got about a minute left. In, in that final minute, can you tell us what the benefits are of being a hope hero? Well, there's actually um, a very selfish benefit that we can all, all have as a hope hero. And that is, there's a phenomenon that's, that is that people will often reproduce what they have experienced. And there will be times, multiple times in our own life when we are going through a loss, when we need a hope hero. And guess who's likely to show up for you? The very people who you have been a hope hero to. Mm -hmm. And I think even as a early in my grief, I um, learned very quickly that my ability or my self-care in my grief actually involved serving others. And that was very counterintuitive for me, even though it's a biblical principle, but I just thought I have nothing to give. Like what God, why would you even ask me to serve others? But, and he started with something so gentle as he said, I want you to pray for those groomsmen in Jordan's wedding that two weeks later were his pallbearers. Wow. They need prayer because they are in that early twenties, lots of things happening pray for them as you would if they were your sons. And, you know, that was kind of like the turning point for me to recognize that, yeah, serving others is actually part of my own healing. Yeah. And, you know, there's that scripture that talks about um, comforting others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you're describing. Well, I think that's all the time we have today, Shirley. It's been so good. uh, So good to hear you. Um, share your passion. And I, I just 
none of our listeners are even going to believe what you said about, you know, being afraid of public speaking because you're so articulate. (laughs) Thank you. So thank you so much for being with me today. I'm Donna Carter and you're listening to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.